July 2nd. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, today we'll be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 21. We'll learn about the traveler. This farewell journey brought both joy and sorrow to Paul. But, you know, life is like that, isn't it? He knew what lay ahead of him, but kept going. Years before, the Lord had told him to get out of Jerusalem. Was he wrong in going back? We'll learn about the peacemaker. Paul moved from the will of the Lord be done to do what we tell you. So anxious was Paul to bring unity to the Jews and Gentiles in the church that he agreed to the plan. Was he following wisdom from above or earthly wisdom? That's been a debate down through the years. You see, not every decision we make turns out to bring peace. We'll learn about the prisoner. The plan almost worked. On the last day, however, trouble started. Of course, their charges were absurd, those charges against Paul, as we shall see. Yet the mob lives on suppose and not fact. Paul had been careful not to cause any unrest in the city, but his efforts had been in vain. He would spend the next five years as a prisoner of Rome. Sometimes our plans and good intentions seem to bring only trouble. But you know what? God is still in control. He used Paul's trials to accomplish his purpose so that his servant got to Rome. Now he can do the same for his people today. So we need to walk by faith. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 2nd, Acts chapter 21, verses 18 through 36. The next day, Paul went in with us, Luke and Paul's other companions, to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greetings were exchanged, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God. But then they said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all take the law of Moses very seriously. Our Jewish Christians here at Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews living in the Gentile world to turn their backs on the law of Moses. They say that you teach people not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. Now what can be done? For they will certainly hear that you have come. Here's our suggestion. We have four men here who have taken a vow and are preparing to shave their heads. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony and pay for them to have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile Christians, all we ask of them is what we already told them in a letter. They should not eat food offered to idols, nor consume blood, nor eat meat from strangled animals, and they should stay away from all sexual immorality. So Paul agreed to their request, and the next day he went through the purification ritual with the men and went to the temple. Then he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches against our people 
and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple, and he even defiles it by bringing Gentiles in. For earlier that day, they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole population of the city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. The commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. Then he asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. He couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, so he ordered Paul to be taken to the fortress. As they reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent, the soldiers had to lift Paul to their shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! Today we're reading Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. It is only right that the closing song in the Hebrew hymnal be an invitation to praise the Lord. The word praise is used 13 times here. Where should we praise Him? Locally and universally, in the temple and in the vast heavens. In other words, wherever you are, praise the Lord. Why should we praise Him? Because of what He does and who He is. The better you know God's character and works, the more you will praise Him and the more you'll enjoy praising Him. How should we praise Him? Well, with voices and instruments, including the cymbals, and with our bodies expressing the joy we feel within. The whole person should be one living sacrifice that praises the Lord. Now, who should praise Him? Well, it says here that everything that has breath praise the Lord, but things that do not have breath praise Him as well. So we even have more reason to do so because we're living. Our breath comes from Him. So we ought to use it to praise His name. Breath is the weakest thing we have. But we can devote it to the highest service, praising the Lord. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His heavenly dwelling. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lyre and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that lives sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18, verses 9 and 10. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to Him and are safe.